When you think your story is the same as everybody else's, it can be hard to tell it. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host. Today, I'm joined in studio by one of our one-on-one clients from the RS division at Active Life, Kathy Tilden. Kathy is someone who thinks of herself as a regular middle-aged woman who used to be active and then got hurt and had to stop, just like everybody else. But on today's podcast, you're going to hear from her what it took to get the results that she was struggling to get from physical therapy, chiropractic, massage, all of the other things that she tried to get her life back that she lost when she experienced an injury. And on the podcast, we talk about why her story, the one that she thinks is so common, and she's right, is actually even more compelling for many than the stories of people who lost everything and had to get it back. Remember, if you're finding the podcast valuable, leave us that five-star rating, give us a review, and share it with a friend. Let's get to Kathy. Kathy Tilden, welcome to the Active Life Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm glad to have you in studio. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So you were, you've been a client with us now for what, two years? No, uh, almost 10 months. Oh, not even a year. Mm-hmm. Look at that. We're coming up on our anniversary. So your yeah. first month was May? May. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, 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 we'll go back in time in a minute, but you, to speed people up, you just finished a personal training session for the first time at our flagship. Yep. I just uh, worked with Justin mm-hmm. um, up the block, and um, I had a great experience. What, one of the things that uh, was interesting about planning this whole thing besides the fact that I did it and I should never be the person planning anything, um, is that you've been a client of ours for 10 months. You have exercise training experience prior to coming on to being a client of the RX division. Mm -hmm. And you live, what, an hour and a half away? Something like that? Yeah. And so it can be hard to understand what's the benefit of an in-person training session if someone's already been exercising for 30 years, 10 Mm -hmm. years, however long your training age is prior you work with us online. What was the benefit of training in person? Um, I, the, the RX experience, um, Let has, me bring the mic a little bit closer to yourself. There you go. Is that better? Yeah, you look good. Okay. <laughs> the, the whole RX experience has been really great and very supportive, but there is, um, there's nothing like an in-person, um, experience. I think that, um, this is something that I've expressed to my coach that I'm always wondering if I'm doing things correctly or if I, you know, it could be like the slightest change in position that would make all the difference. And, you know, it's hard, you can record yourself and and make modifications, but I think it's hard to get those very fine um, details um, to capture them when you're not in person. So it was really great to have the opportunity to do this. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the fine details you're talking about? Um, just the way, like for me, uh, my hips are an issue. Um, and when I am not, um, like in the movements we were just doing, they're different than what I do at home. But, um, the way my body moves is, is probably similar to the way it does at home. And, um, I was able to, to get corrected, Mm -hmm. um, because the coach was able to see it in real time and was able to bring it to my attention, something that I didn't realize I was doing, um, as much as I was. Yeah. What's interesting about in person from, at least from my experience is that we're able to program certain things for you online Mm -hmm. that would be different if we had you in person, right? There's a risk factor involved in everything that we do and don't do. So for example, if your program design was go walking, 
No problem. You can go walking as much as you want to go walking. We don't really have to worry about your technique and overloading and too much intensity. But when it comes to things like using a landmine for mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or if we were to load something like a complex gymnastics movement, which we would only do for somebody who has complex gymnastics experience and desire. Right. There's certain stuff that is kind of outside the realm of what is appropriate to program for someone because the skill acquisition is too high. Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit to me, at least, of working with somebody in person. It speeds the rate that you can get the results you're looking for. Absolutely. So let's go back in time. Tell us a little bit about your exercise history. You're a mother of two, first of all, yes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Teacher? Uh, I'm a speech pathologist. So a kind of teacher, not the kind Mm -hmm. I thought. In a school, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. So I'm going to make sure I enunciate (laughs) on this podcast. I'll correct you. Is that for children or for adults? Uh, Children, but I've I've worked with all populations. Okay, so most of your job sitting down? Uh, No, I'm moving around. Interesting, why? Yeah, um... I'm asking why because what I'm picturing is you're sitting across from somebody. They mm-hmm. say something. You correct the way that they do it. And no. <laughs> teach me. Um, I work with um, – I work in New York City in uh, District 75, which is all um, citywide special ed programs. Okay. And the children that I work with are um, currently – they're middle school and high school. They're severely emotionally disturbed. So um, we are constantly moving around and, and doing things um, – the days look different all the time. Um, I've worked with children with autism. We're constantly moving around. So that idea of, of speech therapy and, and articulation um, does exist, but we're more language-based and more, you know, experience-based. And, um, you know, we teach social skills. And, um, you know, I move throughout the school building throughout the day. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you also said that they have emotional disturbances because Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was going to ask you once you told me you're a speech pathologist is I was going to ask you if there's any correlation between other variables in their life. For example, a, you know, a learning disability, Mm -hmm. a, a a troubled family at Mm -hmm. home, a a poor diet, high stress that Mm -hmm. lead to the, the speech pathology. So you find that that is part of the case. All of them. Yeah. Have, you know, really, um, a long history of things that they've all gone through that are all, and they all have language deficits that are compounded by those things, you know, their experiences or lack of experience or traumatic experiences or things like that. Um, they result in, in deficit areas, um, primarily in language, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't get the literacy skills that I know you have little ones at home. Like I'm sure like reading is huge. Like a lot of kids don't get that you know, nursery rhymes and things like that. They never got that. So um, that shows up. Well, what's it, what's the reason I'm staying on this? It's interesting mm-hmm. to me. To, to someone like myself who has no experience, mm-hmm. the immediate thought is that speech pathology is a technique, right? You're, you're teaching, you're a tactician, you're teaching somebody, no, put your tongue into the roof right. of your mouth. Right. What you're describing though, sounds like there are variables that need to be accounted for beyond simply the technique of speech. Is that true? Absolutely. How, is that your job or is that a collaborative job with, with you and others? Um, it's collaborative. Like in one of the buildings that I work in, um, it's a lockdown building. It's a day treatment. We have psychiatrists on staff. We have social workers, therapists. Um, you know, these kids have traumatic past. And so mm-hmm. I'm a member of that team. Right. You know, and we all work together to address their needs. And a lot of it is building relationships. 
With the students or with each other? With, with the students and with each other, but mm-hmm. with the students, you know. What's like, interesting about that is how, how parallel it is with what I believe true professional coaching and mentorship to be as compared to how I think too often it's executed. Mm-hmm. Right, The idea of my back hurts when I do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here are the exercises that we're going to do as compared to what's your name? What's your background? Mm-hmm. How's your sleep? How's your eating? Who's around you? Right. What are your thoughts? Why do you have them? What do you think of them? I think that's what needs to be <clears throat> present for a coach to be successful. But all that someone sees is exercise. Right. right. Right? And it sounds like your job is very similar for a different a different meaning. Yep. Absolutely. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. do you when, when you work with a, a coach, you've been a member of a gym before. Mm-hmm. Um you worked with us now for 10 months. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you see in people who are coaching you? Is it easier for you to see like, oh, this person understands that there's more to what's going on here than simply the technique of the movement or the, the exercise selection and they're considering me as a whole? Yes. Yes. But the way that it is broken down, the way that, you know, active life has um, broken it down and, and, started from really the bottom up in in terms of like the basics with with the sleep and the stress management all those things um you know my coach would always tell me at the gym we got to work on this we got to work on this well now I'm learning how to work on this Mm -hmm. you know um I'm really learning like the fine details that 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 are going to help me to be successful um, and to have the right mindset. So you know? when, 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 for people who are listening and aren't watching, you were pointing to your head when mm-hmm. you said work on this. Mm-hmm. What do you think the coach meant prior? Because I, I always like to think of people as they're always trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. It's not as if they're being lazy. It's not as if they are being flippant. It's They genuinely believe like, oh, I did the thing. I Absolutely. talked about the mental. Absolutely. So what do you think they were trying to help you to understand better, or telling you needed to work on? Like to get out of my head and to, you know, you know, just focus on why I'm there, Mm -hmm. you know, but I couldn't, I needed more, I needed maybe more support, Okay, you know. And what, what kind of support? Um, um, that's a tough question because there's like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to to that. So I'll I'll ask it a different way. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm, I imagine, I hope, mm-hmm. and you can tell me if it's only part of the way there, you're getting that support now. Yes. Okay. Yes. What is an example of something that was tactical or practical that you can say, yeah, this happened, and this is how the person at Active Life I work with and I handled it, which was different than how I would have handled that ever in the past? Um, we could even talk about like um, the first time – like. When I started, you know, working with my coach and I was making progress and I think four months in, I was starting to feel really good. Mm-hmm. Like, this is great. This really works. And then I had a setback. And then, you know, I was like, oh, you know, oh, I'm undoing everything that I've done. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? I was like frustrated. And I, I, if you could probably go back and look at the comments that I made to my coach in, you know, in the app, you might pick up my frustration and... Mm-hmm. And then he was like, all right, we got to learn about setbacks. You know, this is part of it. This is going to happen. Like, this is supposed to happen. 
and I became educated on that. So now when that happens, you know, I'm like, all right, here we are. Let me just give some information to my coach about what's happening um, so he can make some some tweaks and changes and, you know, that this is part of it, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's not like, you know, I blew it. Right. So something that you'll you'll see soon if you haven't already is we actually started rolling out formal education for clients mm-hmm. and you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And in it is some content around setbacks mm-hmm. because what you experienced was a reaction from a staff member that at the time was the best we knew how to do and it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. I had a setback. I'm back to square one. What am I supposed to do about this? Oh my God, did I ruin everything? And he was mm-hmm. like, no, let's talk about setbacks. And I'll get from you in a moment what he, what he talked about with you and where your mind goes now. But now what's happening is we're, we're getting in front of it. Mm-hmm. So when a client enrolls now, they're getting access to the education and staff members are directing the clients who they're, they're assigned to. I think it would be useful if you watched this piece of content on this education mm-hmm. just as a, an extra prompt for mm-hmm. them. And there's quizzes in there that are not meant to trip anybody up. They're there so that we can make sure you have comprehension around right. things. And that's so that when you have a setback, you're like, I already knew about this. Mm-hmm. This is great. What is what has changed about the way you view a setback now? Um, I expect it. You know, I know that it is part of. It's kind of supposed to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, I expect that it happens, and and when it does, I just communicate with my coach like what I'm feeling, and you know how we should go about it. And I also know um, how far now to push myself when I'm feeling something. Like we've done a whole, um, we've had a lot of conversations about pain. And what is acceptable in terms of pain? I think just a couple of weeks ago, something happened. And I was like, oh, this really hurt when I did this. And then he he just texted me and he was like, well, how did it feel after? I was like, it didn't hurt, you know, when I was resting. So I knew it was okay to do it. And he was like, well, there you go. Yeah. You know, that's that's empowerment, right? Yeah. He's like, look at you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, but what's cool about that to me is it's a language change for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. Because you had the awareness that, okay, one of the rules for discomfort is if it stops hurting after I stop doing the thing, it's very unlikely I did damage. And as long as the discomfort I had on a scale of one to 10 was a four or less, then I'm probably in the safe zone. Mm -hmm. And you expressed that to him without him having to prompt you and explain it again. You understood it. Right. How does that add confidence to the way that you train or to the way you live in general? Um, it gives me a greater sense of control, you know, like I understand how this process, I have a better understanding of how this process works. Like, I feel like I have a better understanding. Um, like when I was in so much pain, I was just like, I don't know what's happening and I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to be limited from doing. You know, so now I have a greater sense of control and I, I'm not going to totally freak out if, if something starts to hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, will you take people back to where you were before you, before you were even hurting Mm -hmm. and then we'll move into when you started hurting and then we'll start talking about the beginning of working with us. I want people to get to know the lifestyle that Kathy Tilden was living when you were completely, um, unaware that this was even in your future. Right. Um, so 10 years ago, I, I don't have a history. I, 
prior to 10 years ago, I really, my fitness experience was very limited. Mm-hmm. And I had just moved to my town and I saw signs for a local 5K. And I just had, I had a little, I had my second child. My daughter was a baby in the stroller. And I saw signs up the the town is having their first 5K. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I started to just run and walk with these kids in the stroller. And um, I ran a 5K. And it was great. And after the 5K, everyone went to one of the local bars, was was having, hosting like a, you know, post-race party. Mm-hmm. And I met a group of women. And they were like, oh, are you a runner? And I was like, no, I'm just a wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> I just did this thing, you know. And they were like, well, why don't you run with us? And, and I said, all right. I'll, you know, I trained for this. And then they were like, well, we're going to go out tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock um, and one of my, who's from one of my really good friends now, Kathy, she said, I'll text you, you know, before, before we leave just to make sure, cause if it, weather permitting, you know, if people don't show up, they didn't want me to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I got the text and I said to my husband, I was like, those ladies texted me, should I go? And he's like, yeah, go. So I went and they ran like the town loop, which is like three and a half miles. And I was dying, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this." And then they were like, "All right, so we're gonna go. At, we're gonna go out Wednesday again. Are you gonna come?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I did it, and we would just do it over and over again. And I signed up for my first half marathon. They were running the New York City half in March. That was in September. And I was like, oh, "I'm gonna do that too." So I signed up, and I did that, and it was great. And I, before I knew it, I was just, I just really enjoyed running. I was running more and more, and. One day I was running and um, I saw a group of people come running up towards me um, in this area behind my house. And I'm like, wow, what are all these people doing? And they ran back into the CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that was. I had no idea. And I reached out to the owner and he's like, yeah, come on in. You know, I was like, I'm just going to try this thing. And, and he said, yeah, come on in. And that just like was like, game changing for me, you know, like I had this experience that I had never been a part of. So I was running, I started to get into the CrossFit thing, I made friends there, it was great. It was super fun. And you know, one thing supported the other. And then here we are eight years later. um, I started to feel pain, like in my lower back, when I would run. And then it was starting to prevent me from running. And then it would start to prevent me from doing things in the gym. But I still just continued to just move through it because I just didn't understand that I was like this, you know, I'm going to take it easy. It's going to go away. Didn't go away. And it just got worse and worse. And I was running less and less and the pain was becoming more and more intense. And I was being limited in what I could do at CrossFit. And, um, you know, my coach tried to help me as best he could to modify things. But I just was like, forget it. You know, I can't do any of this. I was feeling really frustrated. I was feeling isolated. I, you know, the thing that I loved to do, I couldn't do both of them, you know, like they were both causing me pain. So, um, I had learned from a friend about active life and, um, after trying so many things, chiropractors, sports medicine, doctors, taking medication, anti-inflammatory drugs and, uh, physical therapy, you know, I was trying all the things and I wasn't still able to do what I wanted to do. And that's when I 
made the call to active life nearly a year ago. Mm-hmm. And and here we are. I'm finally out of pain. Why do you think... First of all, thank you for sharing that story. Why do you think this worked? That's a good question. It's just different than um, anything else I've ever done. Um, but why did it work? Well... Let me ask you, let me, let me go back into what you just said, because we were talking before, right? You, you asked me the question before we came online. <clears throat> How is it that everyone doesn't know about this? Right. And here you are struggling with the same thing that I struggle with mm-hmm. in terms of explaining to people what it is. Because mm-hmm. you said it's different than anything I've ever done before. How was it different? You've, you've run. You've been a member of a a group training gym where it was coached. It wasn't as if you just came in and mm-hmm. followed the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you did physical therapy. You did chiropractic. How How is it that you've never done anything like this before? This is perceptively to somebody from the outside looking in, exercise. Mm-hmm. It's highly individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hard question to answer. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think that I think that the focus you know the focus from the beginning was what is it that you want to be able to do so you're highly motivated right mm-hmm. I want to I, I told my coach my what I really wanted to do was be able to run that's just like such a stress relief for me and and it's time I get to spend you know on myself and um he said okay well that's going to be our goal so Maybe just, you know, using that as a starting point, like what's important to you? Um, because I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I listen, I, I, I read all the posts at, you know, Active Life, you know, share such great information and it makes you think like, why do we do the things we do? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, why are we doing these things, right? Um, I want to be able to be a role model for my kids. I want to be able to work out with them. I want to, you know, share these things with them and show them a healthy lifestyle. But maybe what what I thought was healthy is not not what I think is healthy anymore. Or not that it's unhealthy, it's just not what's healthy for me right now. What was that? Just pushing myself really hard to to be fit, you know, or to be because I was never like into fitness, like I said before. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is something that came to me after I had children. Um, you and my wife could have had quite the conversation. Today. <laughs> really, <laughs> you could have. Yeah, I mean, when I first met her, uh, I picked her up from jogging class at University of Maryland, uh-huh. and she she knew I was very into exercise. I had been training people already in college, <laughs> and she gets into the car. I was like, a running class, and she goes, Oh, don't get, don't fool yourself. Mm-hmm. I needed the credits. <laughs> and I said, okay, okay. I said, where was the rest of the class? I didn't even notice that there was a class. She's like, that's because they finished seven minutes ago. <laughs> said, okay, fair. So, and, and now she's very much, I mean, you saw her, she was yes, at the gym today. She, she, she mm-hmm. showed up to do her program. Yeah. She has a, an active life staff member working with her. So you, you have a lot in common in that way in that she never really prioritized it. And then once she started prioritizing it, it was access to a life that she didn't know that she could have that was the same for me and and that's that's not unique to active life that's unique to the the miracle of exercise Mm -hmm. right it's you find other people who are 
sharing your values that you didn't realize that you had and other people had. And Mm -hmm. it can feel like you're alone until someone does that with you. And you're like, Oh, you feel that way too. And now you feel validated. Right. And then when you lose the ability to do it, all of a sudden you're not surrounded all the time with people who have those values, or at least you can't share in the conversations around how they're executing on them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I'm glad that we were able to intervene and get, get to working with you. Mm-hmm. In an effort to better describe what it is that we do, um, I, I'm curious to your opinion. I told you I would ask you this on air. I thought about asking you beforehand, but I really okay. just want to get your opinion publicly. And you don't need to be nervous. There isn't a right answer. Okay. Right? No matter how you answer, it's the right way. Feedback is welcome. Um, we used to say that we're, we bridge the gap between fitness and healthcare. And to us, what that meant was your doctor doesn't have solutions for you. The medical industry is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They're lacking the bandwidth and they can't make your focus their focus because 85% of people who walk in there do not have Kathy Tilden's values. Right. They say, get me out of pain. And the doctor says, I can do that. Here's a pill. Here's a surgery. Here's some rest. Change your hobbies. And, I was that person too. Sure. That's yeah. right. But you weren't happy with that. Right. For a lot of people, they're like, all right, that's fine. And I believe that's part of the reason why the medical industry has gone that way. It's not because they want that. It's because the medical industry wasn't set up to serve a society that was fundamentally at its base state ill. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to have 80% of the population sick, right? hurt, whatever the case, on a daily basis. So they're overwhelmed. And they're doing what they think most patients want, and usually they're right, Mm -hmm. even if it's not what you would want or what I would want. Mm -hmm. We need to take agency in how we speak to the doctor. That's another conversation. The fitness industry, I believe, lacks the maturity and the education to meet you where you are and provide you with the solutions that are complete enough to solve your problems predictably. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, understanding who you are, why it's important to you, how your previous experiences play a role in this, why you're intimidated even though there's a coach in the room who's going to teach you how to do everything you need to do and you don't need to be intimidated. Why are you still right. intimidated? Why is that their responsibility, not yours? Right? All of these kinds of things are areas where I think the fitness industry has a lot of growing up to do. Right. And so when we described ourselves as the bridge between, what that effectively means is we're shuttling people to and fro, fitness and healthcare. Mm-hmm. And it's not really our interest. It is for the people for whom that's the interest, but it's not our interest to be a bridge. No one says I'm going on vacation to the Golden Gate Bridge. They say I'm going on vacation to San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? So we're launching a new website. By the time this comes out, it will already have been released. Mm-hmm. And so people listening, if they hear feedback from you that indicates I think I should change it, mm-hmm. they will see the difference. Um, the way the website is set to go out right now is the homepage is going to say you deserve to live a life well lived. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, it's going to say uh, empowered thought, physical freedom, emotional well-being Mm -hmm. and those are the three things that we aim to give people at active life whether you're a professional development client or an rx client like yourself i'm curious your thoughts on that statement i think that um wait so what are the three again empowered thought Mm -hmm. which on the website we go into more depth about what that means effectively what it means is you have the agency to think about what you're thinking about and decide what you want to do with it instead of simply Something happens, okay, I have to react to that. Right. You don't have to react to that. Right. Physical freedom, mm-hmm. which means you have the choice to say yes or no anytime you please. Mm-hmm. It's not 
It's never an issue for you to be able to do the thing. You don't have to do it. And it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Emotional well-being, which to us means you're impervious to other people affecting the way that you feel day to day. Right. You feel the way that you feel because you know very well who you are. Mm-hmm. That's what we aim to create. Mm-hmm. I think that those three things could be in a different order for different people. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to lay them out, I think, that way, right? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. For me, like emotional well-being should come first. That's interesting. You so, know, because... Keep going. Like I, for me, I, since I've been doing, since I've been an RX client, like I've learned so much about... Uh, managing my stress like I am just so much more an even-keeled person um, I've had a lot of since I've met my coach a lot of stressful things in my life that he has helped me navigate and um, like I've just learned so much and it's funny I was on the phone with Dr. Ryan yesterday and we were talking about this experience and and, and I was he's like just be yourself and just you know because I always get nervous and he's like, just be yourself and just, you know, tell your story. Answer the questions. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. And I said, yeah. Um, I said, it's funny because I was interviewed and um, I don't think my story is that, like, compelling. But it's probably one that a lot of people can relate to. Um, but um, my my story now is different than my story was in October when I met with Sean, when he came out to film with you. Yeah. And um, I think when I first signed on, I don't know if I heard, um, I heard what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that we're going to get you out of pain. We're going to get you moving. We're going to get you doing those things. I was like, great, sign me up right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's get started. I didn't know, and I don't know if it was presented to me this way. I can't recall. Maybe it was. But the all the other things that the, the 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 mindfulness and the emotional peace and the the stress the sleep all of those things that need to happen before you get well mm-hmm. you'll never get well without those things like i didn't i maybe i didn't hear it maybe it wasn't presented to me i don't know but i didn't even consider them mm-hmm. i was like i just need to do these exercises so that i could get better and then be be on my way, mm-hmm. but that is that's not the truth of my experience right now. Right, you know what is um, that um, the the foundational things like you know if you're not sleeping well, you know how are you going to function? How are you going to function in your day to day activities that you need to do? And then how are you going to be able to do the things that you want to do on top of that? Like exercise, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's a need and, and a thing that, you know, we choose to do. We don't have a choice. We have to go to work, you know, yeah. maybe at the end of the day, we're too tired to work out. Well, if you got to bed earlier, you know, you'd be able to do all those things and feel good about it. Like that's not something I considered, you know, I thought if I was doing more, that was better, mm-hmm. you know, like just burning myself out, you know. I've learned to assign tasks to things in my family. My kids are getting bigger. Yeah, they can put their own laundry away. They could do things like I, you know, I've learned to let go of trying to control all those things because it's better for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier for me to just do the thing, 
but it adds to my stress, you know? So I've learned that like, nope, I have to, t- I have to take this off my plate. I have to delegate it. And know? are you suggesting that, um, Ryan from our team helped you with that? Yes. Please tell me more. <laughs> Obviously that's what we want, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's baked into the cake of what we do, but I always, there's nothing better for me than hearing stories about how it's happening. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely happening. And, and he and I have talked, um, a lot recently about like, you know, he's like, I see a lot of changes in you. I'm like, I, I do too. You know, even, even primarily like how I manage stress, the things that I was doing to, to manage my stress versus what the things that I do now, it's completely different. What's an example of that? Um, one of the things that we were working on, he's like, you have a great start to your day. Get up early. I get up before everybody's up and I do my workout. He's like, how do you end your day? I'm like, mm, usually cleaning up, packing lunches until 10, 1030, you know, mm-hmm. wrapping up the, you know, the usual stuff that goes on at home after mm-hmm. everyone's shutting it down. He's like, no, nope, you got to have a better closer to your day. You know, like a 10 minute walk, unplugged, no phone, just go. Mm-hmm. You know, like things like that. And it really is, it's a small thing. And I didn't buy it at first, but it's a game changer. What do you mean you didn't buy it at first? I was like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> Walk. <laughs> I don't need to do that. You know, like I just, I was like, oh, this, even like, like breathing was programmed in for me at mm-hmm. first. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> you know? Stupid breathing. I don't How's it do that. <laughs> But I do that. How do you get you to do it? Um, I went through a really stressful thing um, when I first started working with Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and my husband was like, just just do this. this Because I was like, oh, this stupid breathing thing. He's like, you got to do this. This, this is going to help you. And then I just shut the door and I did it. And I was like, Wow. Like it was like five or six minutes. I was like, I can't do this for five or six minutes. And I was like, I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, I was like two minutes past what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kept doing it. And that's when I, I had emailed him and I was like, can you give me that every day, please, right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing how that works. Uh, <clears throat> we can get so amped up about a five to six minute thing that we believe is not aligned with what we need, even though we hired someone and pay them to tell us what it is that they believe we need with the expertise that we don't have. And you look at it, you're like, I'm not doing that. I don't have a mental problem. This is not, right, this right, is not right. a mental issue. Right. <laughs> Just fix my back. Right. He's like, it's, it's not your back. It's your, it's you. It's everything. Um, I had a similar experience had nothing to do with breath work. Uh, my father is 69 years old. Mm-hmm. They go to Florida for the winters and we have a great relationship. I have a great relationship with my mother too. I'm sure mm-hmm. she she listens to this. He doesn't listen to this. She's going to be like, where's my lunch? So <laughs> mom, we can, we can talk about it. He asked me, he's like, I want to spend more time with you. Right. And I'm like, when am I, when? Like, when am I going to spend more time with you? Right. He's like, let's go to lunch every week. I said, you got to, I was like, dad, like when you worked, you had two and a half hours off for lunch mm-hmm. and you built that in so you could go network and do your paperwork. I don't have that. I don't often, oftentimes I don't eat lunch. Mm-hmm. I just go through the day. When am I going to squeeze in an hour and a half for lunch with you? Mm-hmm. He's like, Mondays. 
I said, I, so talk to my mentor. And, uh, have you ever heard the story of a woman who described Warren Buffett as a baboon eating a banana? No. So he invested in this woman's company. And the reason I'm sharing it with you is someone asked her, like, what's it like to have Warren as an investor? And she's like, it's honestly like having a baboon eating a banana. And he's my baboon. And they said, what do you mean? She said, well, if you had a problem and you had no one to talk to about it, but someone dropped a banana and a baboon in a room with you and the baboon just sat there eating the banana, looking at you, and you shared the story with the baboon, by the time you were done, you'd have a pretty good idea of what to do with your problem. The baboon wouldn't have to tell you anything. Right. Warren Buffett's kind of my baboon. So this day, my mentor functioned a lot as my baboon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when am I going to, like, how am I going to fit it in? And I'm, I'm working through my problem. And what I came to realize was if my company, if this company goes out because I took a one hour lunch break on a Monday with my dad, then we certainly are not the company I think we are. Right. And if I, you know, if the day, when the day comes, it will for everybody that I can't have lunch with my dad. If I look back and I'm like, why didn't you just take the fucking lunch mm -hmm. once a week for an hour on a Monday? I would regret it and I'd kick myself. Right. So I cleared the hour. Right. And now I'm like, I, I love it when he's in town and we can go to lunch. Right. So mom, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll get a time for you to need a lunch. <laughs> yeah, she need a lunch um, or something. <laughs> but all, all that to say that it's, I always find these parallels interesting, right? Like, cause that, yeah. that made me a better business person on Mondays. I'm more effective because I know I don't have this extra hour. I need to be more diligent. That taught me that I can be that same kind of diligent on Friday. Why do I need to expand the whole day? Why do I need to go wall to wall? Mm -hmm. And it just these one, these little things become the big things. Yeah. So you're out of pain now. Yeah. Why continue working with, with us? Um, I'm learning. Um, well, it's funny because when I first started, I thought this would be a three to six month thing mm -hmm. and I would jump back into the gym and the path of that has been different. Um, you know, like, like we talked about before, there've been some setbacks and I've learned how to navigate and manage them. Um, but there's a few reasons why Th this model works for me right now. You know, in my life, I have a very busy, uh, you know, I work, I commute, I have my kids, they, they have sports schedules. Like for me to get to the gym, it's it's not feasible right now. So this works. Um, so that's one thing. But aside from that, um, I really enjoy the the one to one relationship that I've established with my coach. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we are in constant communication about different things. And I forget where I'm going with this. Oh. The education piece has been so invaluable. And that's something that I also didn't realize would happen when I first signed on. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it was originally part of the plan. I don't know if it was something that was just not um, disclosed or I'm sure it's been a long time in, in, in the works because it's really well done and it's very detailed. Um, but th this whole education piece is so beneficial you You're know. talking about the formal education we just rolled out. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that. I love to hear you say that. Why is that? Um, it's it's going to help me like forever. Cause, so I'm, I, the, this, this issue that I have, this pain that I have is going to come back. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not gone forever. Um, there are things that 
are going to aggravate it that I'll do because I'm going to continue to live my life. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to have a better understanding. It's not just going to be, you know, like I said before, like, oh, you know, everything I've done is just, I've wasted it all. You know, mm-hmm. like it's here we are at square one. We're never going to be at square one. I'm never going to be in that position again. It's never going to get to that point because of what I have learned um, about about my pain, about how to navigate pain, about how to, you know, change your mindset when you are in pain, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, about like grinding every single day, like working out seven days a week is not um, the best thing, right? Mm -hmm. But for a while, I thought that's what was healthy, you know? So like all these things that I'm learning that are going to keep me out of pain, for longer or make it more manageable. Um, they're all coming from the education, mm-hmm. you know? Well, the idea is the education makes you sustainable. It makes you independent to the point that you can turn around and say, I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then decide that you still want it and, and stick around as long as you want. We love having you, but it's, it's a decision about wanting to be here, not feeling as though you're now dependent on this for your physical freedom outside of this, right? that you have complete agency over your life, that you've gotten through the work that you've done with our guidance. Mm -hmm. And at that point, if you're sticking around, I feel like we've done something profound. Yeah. And it's funny because in one of the connection calls a couple of months ago, um, you know, where we talk with other RX Mm -hmm. clients and we meet and just talk about what like our experiences are. And there's usually a topic I forget who it was that was running it. And I was like, you know, now that I'm feeling better, am I going to get like dumped, you know, by active <laughs> life? I mean, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he was like, no, no, it's not like that, you mm-hmm. know. But, I, you know, I don't know, like, I, I want to continue to receive the support. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it beneficial in so many ways. Well, I like to hear that. Uh, you said a few things earlier that I want to go back to. Okay. The first one is that you feel like you're not a compelling story Mm -hmm. why do you think you're not a compelling story i'm your average mom that has a job that has kids and you know that tries to work out when i can um you know i think that what i you know my injury is common you know Mm -hmm. it's very common i've just chosen to do something about it because I'm not okay with being in pain. I think that's what makes it so compelling. I'll tell you why. Oh. <laughs> uh, have you watched by chance the Mike Geller story? Yes, that's compelling. <laughs> right. I knew that's where you thought compelling <laughs> yeah. lived. So for people who haven't watched this, Mike Geller, you can go on our YouTube channel, look up the testimonial videos. There's a, sp- there's a story about a gentleman named Mike Geller who got into a motorcycle accident and was told he was going to be paralyzed from the waist down. He got released from physical therapy and – He said, how could I possibly be released? I can't stand up if I fall down. What do I do if I fall? They Mm -hmm. said, you know, crawl to a piece of furniture and pull yourself up. And he said, what if I fall in a field? Mm -hmm. He said, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're done. Right. And um, he worked with a team member here at Active Life and got back to – he's now back to being a volunteer firefighter. He can now sprint. He can run. All of the things simply because somebody refused to give up on him. Right. I understand why you believe that's compelling. That certainly is compelling. But what can happen if that's what people believe is the only thing, like that's, that's what's most important is 
exactly what we've seen happen. And that is that people with your story get lost in the gap. Mm -hmm. I'm not that severe. Mm -hmm. What am I complaining about? Why am I making such a big deal out of my problem? I have a great life other than this back pain. I should be grateful for everything that I have. I can find other ways to exercise. I like my job, love my kids. I have a good marriage. Like, what, Why am I worried about my back pain? Like, Just get over it, Kathy. And that's how millions of people feel. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there isn't, a re- there wasn't a reliable solution for that audience I think was a travesty. And mm-hmm. that's why we stepped in to do what we do. It's why we take so much pride in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Frankly, we could not have helped Mike Geller online. Mm-hmm. Right. It, he was fortunate to be local and we have a staff member local who he has a relationship with who helped him. Right. Your life is no less valuable than his. Right. And the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And if the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the loss of your your social identity, the loss of your physical outlet, the loss of your emotional well-being, well, then that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. It mm-hmm. just so happens that for Mike, it was for losing – it was losing the ability to use his legs. Right. Right. And so I believe that for those reasons, your story is extremely compelling because there are millions of people just like you who right now are probably listening to this. Not all the millions of them. We're not there yet. Um, but in thinking to themselves, what am I complaining about? You don't need to like stop making a big deal, push it under the rug, get Mm -hmm. rid of it. It's it's weakness. You don't need this when the reality is they need help. Right. And getting to hear your story gives them the, the, the permission, if you will, to seek it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really meaningful. And I think that it's important that, uh, I say that on air so people can hear it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I'm just grateful that I had a friend that mentioned active life to me mm-hmm. and I dismissed it at first because mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't have time. And then, you know, I tried other things that didn't work and I was like, okay, let me, let me check that out. You know, well, we should, we should send your friend a thank you card. too. <laughs> the other thing that you said was, um, oh, you talked a lot about emotional well-being would have been the first thing on your list, not the physical freedom, not the empowered thought. Emotional well-being first and then the other two. Mm -hmm. But you didn't see that in the promise. It wasn't something that we told you was going to be a part of your support. It wasn't – the education wasn't a part of your support. Everything that you got was we're going to help you get out of that pain and get back to your active life. At least that's what I heard because that's what I wanted to hear. Yes. And so there's two things I want to bring up. One is 90% of what we talk about is what you want to hear. I would love to spend the opposite – math. I'd love to spend 10% of time talking about exercise and 90% of time talking about the emotional load, the empowered thought, the well-being, all of that's what I would love to spend all of my time talking about. Mm-hmm. And I want I want your opinion on this. I recently spoke to a business person on the podcast who I respect very much and what his his crux of his conversation was the person who needs to lose and wants to lose 100 pounds mm-hmm. needs to love themselves before they will be able to lose a hundred pounds and they need to love themselves enough that they believe they are worthy of the body that they are in when they've lost a hundred pounds or it's all going to come back. There's no hack. There's no trick. There's no diet. It's self love. Mm -hmm. He's like, but if we put out ads and marketing about self love, nobody signs up. 
I'm curious your thoughts on that, right? Because it's such a, I really, really want to lead with what we really do, but it's hard to do that for the sake of client enrollment. And we're a business. We have to stay open. Right. And I might not have as willingly signed on if that mm-hmm. was, cause I didn't know that was something that I needed. Right. You know, um, I might not have, I'm like I did with the breathing. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have said, you know, I don't need that. I need you to fix my back. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you in that, you know, and, and, and if that was done strategically, then it was well done, you know, and then, you know, these other things were exposed, like, you know, the, the emotional piece mm-hmm. and that very important sleep and, and stress management piece, you know. Every time we interview a client, and I try to do it every two to three months, mm-hmm. every time we interview a client, they spend 90% of the time talking about the things that we don't talk about very much because that's where we believe most of the value really is. Mm-hmm. But if we lead with that stuff, they're not going to come take it because it's not what they understand they need yet. Right. right? When we look at the on, the on the professional development side, if we led with, hey, we're going to teach you to connect with people in a way that you never thought possible, mm-hmm. feel empathy in a way that you didn't know was even a thing, be so fulfilled in your work that you gush about it. And by the way, you're going to make a really nice living doing that. Mm-hmm. People would be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a shrink. I'm not a psychologist. No, no, no. This is human to human communication. You're not, you're not diagnosing a mental health issue and solving it. You're just meeting people where they are, which most people don't do. Right. Nobody would sign up. We have to talk about make a hundred thousand dollars a year doing work that you love to do experience financial freedom in a job you love and time you love. As a consumer, can you imagine a different way? Because I would love to find a different way. I think it's one of the things that's actually held us back as a company is I refuse to go all the way in on the language that our client is already speaking about themselves because I just find it so such a put off. Do you follow me? Yes. I'd like, I don't want to – if we just ran all of our professional development with the average statistics of financials mm-hmm. of our clients and the amount of time that they're working, right? everybody is signing up. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Okay. If I led with – for our clients, like you will get out of pain in four to six months doing exercises that are in line with what you're already doing in a way that you're going to enjoy, everybody who's in pain would come and sign up. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to make our promises that small. Right. But for, like for me, mm-hmm. I didn't know that this was something that I needed. And the way that it happened, like I had established a relationship with my coach, which is not easy to do remotely. No. It's not. Like you literally communicate every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a communication specialist. Like somewhere around 92% of communication is nonverbal. Like mm-hmm. us sitting in this room, we could communicate. Without a word. Without a word, right? You lose that on texting or, you, you know, like you, you lose that on emails 
oftentimes, you know, while you get like the heart of your message across, mm-hmm. um, you can't even lose it on calls. Yeah. And, and at first when I would have the, you know, the periodic calls with my coach every couple of weeks, um, at first I, at one time I was like, well, I'll be in the car. Do you want to talk in the car? He's like, no, I, I want to, you know, I want to do a zoom or whatever mm-hmm. platform, you know, face to face. And now I understand why, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. You know, it, there's value to that. Like that helps to, 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 to fill that gap in a little bit more. Um, but I think that, um, it took us a while for me at least mm-hmm. to, to really like connect and, um, just like, I, I consider my coach a friend. I don't know if he considers me a friend. I'm sure he does. <laughs> but, um, uh, it took a while to get to that point just because we're not in the same physical space. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you communicate daily. So I forget where I was going with this. We were talking about how difficult it is to build relationships and trust remotely because the communi- you were talking about the communication. Right. Daily. So it is difficult to, to establish. So I know where I was going with this. So to 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 touch on something that is is more personal like your emotional well-being or things that are mm-hmm. stressful to you like y- you have to spend maybe a little more time establishing a relationship like i just worked up the block with justin for an hour and like mm-hmm. we were like you know we had great conversation but that's cuz we were like face to face for an hour like it takes a longer time to establish that when you're doing sure. something remotely um but you know we were able to build that and and um you allow yourself to become a, a little more vulnerable and and share things. You know, once you establish a bit more of a solid relationship, it just takes longer. Well, I think um, to speak to what you're describing there, mm-hmm. what you're saying is it's 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 not that it's hard to say. Yeah, that felt good. No, that was no good. Done. Easy workout today. Great weight. Perfect. Like that's easy. Mm-hmm. What's hard is. I'm stressed out because X, Y, Z happened. Okay. And I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want someone to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. I just, I would love to vent about it, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to tell you because we don't have a relationship where I feel safe giving you that information about me. And then you mentioned that it took you a while to feel comfortable being vulnerable Mm -hmm. with Ryan Mm -hmm. and vulnerability is exposing an opportunity that someone else could use to exploit you, to make you feel bad, to mm-hmm. that's why it's vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the, the message of it. Part of what we build into the communication cadence of staff to client dialogue is that we need to be vulnerable first, right? So in order for and and it's not appropriate to be vulnerable on the first call, right? Right. So right. maybe during the enrollment period, the person you're talking to, because you've spoken to them maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. they can be vulnerable with you. But if you start if you start working with a coach and the first thing they say is, you know, I deal with a lot of the, these stresses in my life too. You're like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. no thanks, man. Like, <laughs> right, I kind of want to see you as this perfect person on a hill for a little bit <laughs> until yeah. I can see you as less than that, uh, which is actually more than that. <laughs> and so I appreciate that that <coughs> you used the language that you did and that you were able to finally get there because it's something that we I can't. The number of times that we have gotten on calls, that we have tried processes, that we've tried orders, right? Like of this, these are the touch points. We need to do this. People don't know us well enough. We're not, 
all of that. And they know us too well. That was too fast. The, the, the back and the forth. That's the stuff people don't see. Mm-hmm. Our iteration on how to communicate with people. And so I appreciate that you, A, got what you were looking for and B, uh, were able to express it on here. Yeah. So you're able to run again. Mm-hmm. You're able to lift weights again. Yep. Right. What else do you want to be able to do? One of the things we talk about is people often believe I'm signing up because I want to climb a mountain and not a real one, a proverbial one. Mm-hmm. And then we hold their hand or we guide them up that mountain where mm-hmm. the Sherpa and then we get to the top of the mountain and it's the first time that the person who said I want to climb that mountain ever has the opportunity to stand up there, look out and be like, oh my God, mm-hmm. there are so many mountains. Right. I want to climb that one next. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's, what's your next mountain? Have you thought about that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm just learning along the way, learning so much, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I don't know. I'm learning like I, I learn about goals, you know, and, and, and like what, what really are goals, you know, mm-hmm. and what are good, not good goals or bad goals, but like, you know, all right, you set a goal. Okay. So why? What's, what's the point? You know, not in a bad way. Like, What's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. If, is that what you're communicating? Yeah. Well, you know, like, so I'll, I'll share for you. I remember as a business person, a lot of my stuff is business related because I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's just it's harder for me to figure out how to set goals for a family, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I have the first one I ever set was what is a successful day? A successful mm-hmm. day is I'm home at five thirty. Right. My phone is in a drawer and our family's on a walk on the boardwalk. Right. Well, then what needs to be true so that that can occur? That was the first time I set like a family goal. And after that, it's, you know, I want to be able to go on a date with my wife every week Mm -hmm. without the kids. Well, I need to be able to afford a babysitter for that. Like Mm -hmm. it's you, you now can build in the life that you can reconstruct it. Uh, I remember in business for the longest time, it was, I want to have an $83,000 month because an $83,000 month means that's what, that's what it takes to do a million dollars in a year. And I remember trying so hard. I'm like, we got to get there, we got to get there, we got to get there. And it wasn't until I stopped trying to get there that we had it. Mm-hmm. And once we got it, I was like, right. it's, it's zero different than last month was. Right. Um, and so then it became about creating a safe work environment. It became about helping people in a more deep way. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't have known any of those things until I got to the top of the mountain that I thought was the mountain. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if you've given any thought to now that you have a much higher level of physical freedom Mm -hmm. than you had before you enrolled with us. Mm -hmm. And given that your training age is only 10 years coming in, it's something, but it's not like as if you've done it for a lifetime. Are there any things that you can think of that you would like to try? And it might be no, but I'm curious. I don't know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that yet. It's okay. We'll give it some time. (laughs) Last question I really want to dig into with you is how feeling better has affected your ability to be a mom, to be a wife, to be an, to be a, a worker, right? To be a service to your students and to Mm -hmm. your coworkers. Mm -hmm. How has that changed? Um, it's, it's everything. You know, it's changed everything. I think that I am a lot more um, 
relaxed in how I deal with stress with my kids or even just navigating schedules or, um, you know, crises that arise that they think is just the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's let's take a breath. Let's figure this out. You know, we're, we're going to figure this out. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. I might have panicked in the past, you know, mm-hmm. if I didn't have these strategies that to deal with stress or, you know, like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, you know, um, I, my, my husband is like one of the calmest people I know. Like mm-hmm. he'll, he'll fly off the handle if it's, you know. Right. He knows how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but like when, you know, in a crisis, like he's a great person to have around because he'll just be like, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do, you know. Um, but I feel like I am a lot more like that now. I'm a lot calmer. So I'm a better mother, you know, I'm a better, um, I don't want to say head of the household, but you know, all these things that fall on the mother, (laughs) you know, um, I'm just like better able to navigate those things. And there's like a joke in my house. They're like, mom's going to sleep already. You know, like, (laughs) that's right. I am, you know, I go up and I say goodnight and, and, and I, I get in the bed and I, I, I get that rest. So I'm ready for the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what time is that at now? It's like 9.30 now. So an hour before you were packing lunches last time. That's right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And that's just something I had no idea mm-hmm. about. So the real, probably second to last question. Okay. There's someone listening to this right now. Mm-hmm who has been looking at us for a long time Mm -hmm. and they would love to believe that working with us is going to solve the problem that they have. They've Mm -hmm. already either spoken with someone on our team in the Instagram DM. Mm -hmm. They've spoken to someone on the phone. Mm -hmm. They've spoken to someone who knows us, whatever have you. And they haven't started because they're afraid. It's a financial commitment. It's a time commitment. It's an emotional commitment. Because what if I try this and it doesn't work too? Mm-hmm. Right? I used to tell people all the time, we're the last resort you'll wish you tried first. Right. What would you say to that person? I would tell them to do it. You know, you really like, just do it. Nike. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it that it's going to be so much more of an experience than you ever expected it to be. And it's hard to explain in words. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a game changer for me. I'd like to hear that. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You did great. <laughs> Thanks. You were. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Live Podcast. Please remember, give us a hand, rate it, review it wherever you listen to shows. We are on a mission to humanize the healthcare industry by professionalizing the fitness industry to empower the individual to live a life unlimited by the way that their body looks, feels, or performs. If you are inspired by that mission and want to jump on the wagon, find us anywhere. Active Life Professional on Instagram. Active Life Rx on Instagram. Come to me personally at Dr. Sean Pastuch. We want to welcome you onto the train. We want you to be a part of the mission. We want to offer you the opportunity to pursue this right alongside us. We're inspired by your effort, and we hope to help you in your journey. Turn pro.